Listener Production. Hello and welcome to Willow Talk. Big week. It's all cricket. It's Adam Peacock alongside Brad Haddon face-to-face again. Hads, how are you? Mate, it's good to see you. You've had a good carnival, I imagine. Mm. You're all sobered up. Well, do I look like I've sobered up? No, you don't. Yeah, thank you. You look like you're with Damien Oliver after his last race for the last 24 hours, actually. Mark Zara and Damien Oliver and Frankie Dettori, if you're in the same room as them and they're serving alcohol, get out <laughs> because it's not going to end well. That was a night and a half. But we're not going to get into that right now unless Billy's <laughs> right here. <laughs> how are you? Very well. I've got no idea what you're talking about. So the Melbourne Cup carnival yeah, was horse there racing, last week. not my thing. Uh, no, no, not mine. After last week, either. she only heard alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> how's the hand? All good. Yeah, coming along really well. So um, fingers crossed. No pun intended. That keeps going. The plan. Sweet. So that's that out the way. We don't have to talk about it again on this episode of Willow Talk. We've got so much to talk about. We've got the two uh, Men's World Cup semifinals. It's set. India, New Zealand, Wednesday night in Mumbai, South Africa, Australia, Thursday night in Kolkata. We've got so much to look forward to. We're going to talk about the career as well of Meg Lanning, who retired from international cricket last week. And we're going to have a very special chat. I don't know how we got this chat lined up. It's quite extraordinary with Mitchell Healy from India. We're looking forward to, uh, thank you for organising that. By the way. Was it yours, producer Sam or Hads? Sam didn't quite have, have the same cut through as I did, but it was, uh, uh, can I please ask a favour? And <laughs> he got it, so it's fine. No, well, he's got to answer his phone firstly. So hopefully that happens later in the in the uh, podcast, but he'll be up uh, nice and early over there. Just a reminder, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we'd love it if you left us a review about the show. Shout out to Rhino11111. Sounds like that bloke on the Gold Coast with uh, how many poles he took in that last day. We'll get to him a bit later on. And Matlock2010 for leaving us reviews recently. We love feedback, so keep it coming, even if you bag the shit out of us. We love some feedback to let us know how we're going. And before we're getting into it, uh, a special announcement. Happy to say the list is going to be a uh, more regular part of the show. So I've signed you to a deal. Is this news to you or do you know? Uh, no, I, um, I'm i excited. Hads has been bugging me about this for a little while, but um, Sam Ferris came ringing and I said, right, I've got a little bit of time on my hands, so why not? So he did the deal, did he? Hads. Well, what's interesting, uh, since Heelzo's come on board, we've all moved seats. Yeah. I've moved into the hosting <laughs> yeah, seats and you've moved close to the door. So, <laughs> so I, I don't know what's happening here, but to have more keepers on is always um, – the, the ratings of the show go up, a lot more intelligence to be spoke. <laughs> Yeah, two keepers in a room. I'm sure there's a joke in there somewhere, but I'm not sure. No, it's great to have you part of it and looking forward to your insight, your knowledge and all of that and taking the piss out of him because that's what (laughs) I try to do. So if you can add to that. That's easy target. Much appreciated. (laughs) It is an easy target. Um, Guys, what about this, this this World Cup semi-final picture? So South Africa, Australia, India, New Zealand. Uh, What do you make of it first up? Uh, Exciting. I mean, India, look, the goods. New Zealand also a little bit uh, unsure of themselves at the moment, but I mean, coming up against India at Wonketi is um, no mean feat. So hmm. uh, that one's going to be good to watch. And I think South Africa, Australia is going to be a real surprise packet at Kolkata, obviously. Not sure what sort of wicket we're going to get there. If it's flat and South Africa bat first to make 450, it could be interesting. But um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun week to watch. Is it all on the conditions hats, these two semi finals? I think if you look at it, India, everyone's got them in the final, but I'm not so sure. New Zealand are one of those teams that can bring you down to their level. Um, and for the first time in the tournament, they've got a whole list of players. They've got 15 players to choose from. Southies back fit. 
Kane Williamson's back fit after breaking his thumb. And they're big match players, those two. And, and I think if you can swing the ball against India early, I, I think they can be vulnerable. And they've got Bolt and Southie that can do that up the front. So he, they have a night out. All of a sudden, they put a bit of pressure on that star-studded um, middle order of India. But they've they got a chance, New Zealand, because they take you to their level. I mean, you both played in World Cups, successful ones, unsuccessful ones. What Everyone's looking at India and going, well, you kind of might have to drop one on the way to, to winning the whole thing. But the way they've done it, I, in my opinion, it makes it irrelevant, that thought, because they've just steamrolled teams in, in different ways. Well, yeah, they've been incredibly dominant. And I think the, the home ground advantage in a World Cup seems to be a huge advantage at times. But I'm a firm believer that you need to lose one in a World Cup, especially an ODI World Cup where it's a long tournament. Uh, you got to play every single side, and I haven't done that yet. And it would worry me going into that semi that we haven't we haven't had a pool game yet, and mm. we hadn't we haven't sort of been under a whole heap of pressure. That would worry me. But I mean, they're a world class side, and they're very, very, very good at the moment. So mm. I think the pressure's all on India to lose. Yep, that's the thing. If New Zealand are to win, uh, okay, they they could come out and and slap four twenty. You, you never know. But the way that India have been bowling, like, that puts that in the unlikely category. So New Zealand are going to need to try and find a weakness that no one's been able to find, Hads. If you Swing. were, if the world was literally spinning the other way and you ended up in the New Zealand camp um, <laughs> as a, co- as a coach of I'm about to walk advisor. straight out this school. <laughs> We've just gone to a new low in this show. No, but in all seriousness, what would you be telling the Kiwis in terms of here's a potential area you can get at India? Well, you've got to go out with the mindset to win the game. You, you can't wait for India to come at you. You've got to go after India, and, and especially with the ball. I, I think they can be vulnerable at the top. If Rohit Sharma gets out early, put a bit of pressure on um, Virat Kohli in, in the first five overs, all of a sudden they can play from behind the game. And, and they haven't done that all tournament. They've played from in front of the game. They've been overly aggressive. And, and I'd be reminding India throughout the, the next couple of days, it's, it's their game to lose. Mm-hmm. I, I'd make sure it's in the press. Mm. Everyone in the country's watching you. We're just here to, to make sure India gets to the final and, and <laughs> really putting the pressure right onto India. They've been outstanding. They've done everything right. They've won all nine games, but that all means nothing now. Mm. They, they've got to come up in this game. They've got big match players and they are under pressure in, in a home World Cup. So start to play on that a little bit. If you take a little wicket early, all of a sudden a bit of doubt can creep in, but go after the game and don't wait for it. What's this ground like when it's pumping? Because it will be oh. pumping. There'll be, there'll be sky blue shirts everywhere. Like it'll be the hottest ticket in Mumbai, which is itself a, an extravagant place. What What's this joint like? It's like a coliseum yep. too. First and foremost, it's hot and it's sweaty. So it's going to be hot during the day, but it's like a coliseum. So all the all the fans are basically on top of you in the ground, which I've watched an IPL game there where Mumbai were playing and it was obviously heavily favoured towards Mumbai, but mm. it just feels like everything's against you when you're the opposition player. But I think that's what New Zealand feed off really well. They're used to being the underdog, right, in every mm. World Cup. They fight and they scrap and they get to a semi-final or a final every opportunity they can. So, yeah, I, I agree mm. with Hads. I think it's India's to lose and I think New Zealand will thrive off that. Yeah, and the Kiwis are just such nice people, Hads, so they're, you know, they're happy to... You're getting closer to that door. <laughs> Who for you out of India is the, the the man, the tempo setter? Is it the captain, Rohit Sharma, who, who came into the tournament under a little bit of pressure, wasn't in the greatest form, but from what we can tell, he's captain really well. Or is it that man, Virat? He just sets everything. <laughs> well, it depends what they do. I mean, if, if India are chasing, I think Virat becomes incredibly important. I think his record chasing is elite. But if they're setting, I think it's Rohit Sharma and... 
Surya Kumar Yadav, I think he becomes really important in in icing the innings and putting a big total on the board. And he plays for Mumbai in the IPL as well and will be thriving off that sort of um, mm. presence at the crease. But yeah, if they're setting, I, I dare say it'll fall on Rohit pretty quickly to get him off to a good start. So we'll get to the other semi-final 24 hours later, Thursday night in Kolkata. Who wins that one though? Oh, who wins that one? I was going to ask that at the end, like who's going to play in the final? I'm tipping New Zealand. (laughs) What? (laughs) I had to get it out. I felt sick for the last day and a half thinking about it. I just had to get it out that I'm tipping New Zealand. Okay. For everyone out there, that's akin to saying that the sun is going to set in the east tonight. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first. New Zealand or India? Well, my my heart says New Zealand, but my head says India. So we'll wait and see where that ends. Okay. Okay. I'll let you know uh, Thursday morning. I'll go India. They win by eight <laughs> wickets. It just happens. And they'll play in the final. I don't believe in this. Um, you have to lose one to, to win one type thing. So, yeah, New Zealand, get on them now after that, after my last <laughs> week in the Cup panel. Uh, okay, let's get to South Africa, Australia, shall we? Thursday night in Kolkata. So, firstly, guys, give us an, an indication about what kind of conditions you cop at this ground because it is important at this stage of the tournament because a few of the – few of the tracks are looking a little weathered, which is understandable after a month of cricket on them or six weeks. But what about this place? Well, I don't know how many games have actually been at Kolkata. I think in Australia have been lucky enough to play there already. I'd imagine it's going to be a pretty good wicket. I think they'll want they'll want a batting feast. They'll want to make it nice and flat for the batters, especially the South African lineup. But I think what Australia do have to their advantage is that I think a lot of the crowd are going to be going for Australia. They'll they'll mm. want to see an Australia-India final and there's 80-odd thousand seats there at Kolkata and they'll fill out with with some yellow shirts. They may still be wearing blue, but I think they'll be mm. cheering heavily for Australia, which I think they can use to their advantage. But it wouldn't surprise me if the wicket's pretty flat. Yeah, it'd be interesting what wicket they go with. There's two stalls there at Kolkata. There's the red stall or, or the dark stall. If they get the dark stall, it'll be a beautiful flat wicket and expect 350 or play 350. But it's the other way, and it's the the red soil. All of a sudden, the wicket does take turn, and, and it will plays tricks. So, South Africa got a couple of good spinners in, in Shami. Um, who's the other one? Maharaj. Maharaj, the the left. Well, he's been in great form. He, he's been outstanding. I was, was going to ask you: Is that a, a bit of a shootout between him and Zamps? Because the, the spinners at the back end of the tournament they're going for three and a half and over, as opposed to earlier in the tournament when they're going for six. Well, if I'm South Africa, you look what happened when Australia went to South Africa. They went after Zamper in the first two games. Hmm. No, they didn't go after Zampa in the first two games. Australia won. Then they went after Zampa in the rest of the series. And, and all of a sudden, Australia are a different team. So mm. I, if if I'm playing against Australia, I'm targeting um, Adam Zampa and saying, you know what, I, I'm going to go after this. I'm not going to sit on him. I'm not going to get through. I'm going to take the game to the Australians. But a South Africa brave enough to do that in, the, in a semi-final where they never, never won one. Do you think the toss is going to become really important? I think it's going to get harder and harder to chase, I think, as that? the tournament goes on, just with the yep. wickets and the unpredictability yep. of this dew and everything that we we spoke about last time. Do you think, obviously, both teams are going to want to bat first, I presume, make South Africa chase in particular, but do you think it, it's going to be... Yeah, I do. And I think there's a number of reasons for that, what you said there, and the pressure of a semi-final. Um, mm-hmm. that, that does different things to, to different countries. We usually thrive on it. Um, we enjoy the stage. That's why we've won so many World Cups. We we understand that pressure. South Africa have never been there. They've never succeeded at that. And, and they'll want to bat first. There's no doubt in the world that's all I'll be thinking. If the toss comes up, it's whether they're mentally strong enough mm. if they don't win it. That, mm. That's all it's about. If South Africa bring their A game, it's going to be a contest. But are they good enough to do that on this stage? Bradley, knowing you like I do now, uh, first over – whether it's the second innings or, or they're batting first, 
do you gently walk past Quentin Cock or whoever and go, geez, mate, pretty bad record you got in semifinals, World Cup? <laughs> no, I'm walking past Quentin de Cock and saying, mate, you have been the best batter in the <laughs> tournament. <laughs> I don't know where anyone's going to bowl with you. You've got four hundreds. Then just as I'm about to walk away, I'd say, but it means nothing now in the semifinals. <laughs> Watch out if Starkey swings his first one. Just away, four stump, little edge, straight to Inglis, the cock on his way. We will get to Mitchell a bit later on, and I'm sure he won't give it away, but I'm sure it won't be a surprise if he comes up with something like that. Going after the big name. So we've talked a lot over the last month about South Africa's middle order, but is it big Q-man up the top there that's the one you've you got to get early? Yeah. A bit like... Um, McCullum back in 2015? Yeah, I think so. He's been the barometer for them. I mean, yes, their middle order's got a bulk of the runs, but Quinton de Kock's got them off to a really good start. And I think if you're, if you're setting in a semi-final, you want your, your top four to make the bulk of the runs, and he's done just that. But it wouldn't surprise me if you said that the swinging delivery will get him. It wouldn't surprise me if it's the one that nips back that gets Straight him line. sort of yeah. like the top of leg, um, knowing how far he gets away from his body. If that ball does seem back just a little bit, it could be in strife, but... He's such a good ball striker. It's good to watch. Listen to you two. You're already in cahoots putting the, the seat of doubt. Oh, what's now he going to get? He's going to get the one that goes away or a little back in? Or yeah. We've already told Quinton to cock that. <laughs> we've, we've already <laughs> said, I'm not sure if it's going to swing and if it doesn't, watch your legs stump. But if it does, don't get your bat too far away. We w- would have reminded him that we've got 100 metres from when you walk out to you get in your position. Midge, with, with the, the one that South Africa pumped us in earlier in the tournament, so got over 300 we got out 177 at Lucknow, and that was the the bad fielding performance mm. as well. So, where, in your opinion, for Australia, did the momentum come back and everything flowed off the back of that to to play the type of cricket we are going in to a semi final? It was that very next game. I think David Warner took a really good catch the first opportunity that came his way in the field. It went mm. really high in the air, and he took a really good catch. And I think from then on in, it just looked like everyone just settled. And thought, you know what, this is how we want to play and this is what we're used to doing and let's just go and play cricket. And it just looks like from then they've never looked back. And I think Zampa um, coming good as well, he's really been able to stay in control of his line line and length. I mean, I've been watching on the TV those heat maps and yep. how much they've just sort of closed in on the stumps. And I think those two things have, have turned Australia around and it's now up to, I think, the batting group to step up and go, okay, these are... If they get through this one, these are the two biggest games of this mm. World Cup and we need to do a bulk of the work. I think Zampa's carried us a lot throughout this tournament, but it's the batting team, or the mm. batting side that need to do the work. Yeah, I think you can sort of narrow that down a little bit tighter. It's between 11 and 40 overs. I think we've been really good at the top at, start, at times. We've been powerful at the, the back end of the game, but we've got to find a way to bat better between 11 and 40. And Steve Smith played well last game. He looked like he got a, a bit of freedom back. Marnus has been outstanding. So you'd have him in? I, I would. Um, yeah. Just because those 11 to 40 are going to be big overs. You, you mm-hmm. could have two spinners. Uh, you need someone who can rotate the strike through that part of the game. And I think Marnus has been the best at it through, through the whole World Cup. He, his feeling's been exceptional. It's been insane what he's done out in the field to give us energy back. That game against New Zealand, he, he actually saved the game. Yeah. Where he dived, knocked it back, then, then he got a run out to, to get rid of Nisham. But... It's going to be big between those 11 and 40. They've played really well, South Africa, in that time, and we haven't quite been well, but we're peaking at the right time. What do you do bowling-wise, guys, for, for South Africa's undoubted quality through that middle order? Like take, how, how do you go at them? Take wickets. 
Oh, yeah, but hell. Well, it's it's actually as simple as that. Like, you, one, if you can get wickets a wicket early and put some um, scoreboard pressure on that middle order yeah. and, and see if they're brave enough to, to play the style they want to play while they're two wickets down. That's why DeCock's such a big wicket at the start. If, if you get yeah. him, Bavuma, he'll work you around. He'll only really hit you for a run of ball. He's not going to take the game away from you in, in these conditions and get 160 now. But <laughs> uh, 20. But that, that's the way I think you've got to go about it. And you you got to look to to get them out. Clarkson mm. and guys like that are power hitters. But don't just put the ball up and hope that they make a mistake. Have your plans. Create a bit of energy in the field. Throw the ball around his head a little bit. Get them off off their game and show some presence to get them out in those middle overs. Well, that's one thing that we haven't really done that well. That's power play wickets and yep. pointing the finger at Mitch. Later on, we can do that when he's on the thing. But yep. we haven't really done that, and it's probably an opportunity for us to do that. And how, how you go about that yeah. is the question, right? How do we make that happen? But I think we can afford to be a little bit more aggressive in that first term with our field settings and just putting a little bit, a few more players in front of the batters and making them feel a little bit more under pressure, especially in a semifinal, that... They're going to need to work mm. their way out of this early spell. Um, and if they don't, then we cash in with two or three wickets. I think the, the new pill has only really reaped rewards, or the new pills, I should say, once. And that was against India. And India steadied and, and got the better of us. But apart from that, it's, it's the area of improvement we're all waiting for. Yeah, I'm not so – I know we haven't got the, the wickets we needed in, in the first 10 overs. I'm not that worried about that at, at this stage of the tournament because the, the ball hasn't swung for, for any team. It hasn't just been Australia. It's been all the teams around the, the tournament. And, and going into a semi final, the, the anxiety around it's different. We, we handle that a lot better than, than other countries. So it, it's just one little doubt with your foot movement. It, it's just been indecisive in, in your movement at the start, and that's when you can bring that – um, wicket on and mightn't swing and might go through. As you said, you might have feelers in front of the wicket. You just got to create enough doubt in this semi final for them to to make the wrong decision. What about Glenn Maxwell with the new ball? Would that be Salavri used to pace on the ball, right? Could we throw a little spinner at him in the first ten and say, "What do you want to do?" Or, or the first over, yeah. you, you, or you get through. See, if Mitch swings the first over. Mm. Uh, if it doesn't swing, go Maxi. Just try. See if you can skid one on. And see if they make a different decision. Yeah, you only have to do it for one or two overs. I, I think it's a great idea. Depends if um, we bowl first because you you want to keep Maxi in as good physical condition and not <laughs> exert too much <laughs> given what happened in the last one. Mate, I tell you what. He can cramp all he likes now. No, mate, they're all cramping. You, you know that says to yeah. me? They're having an unbelievable time off the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> because you cramp. Well, you've cramped walking up the steps today after the spring carnival. Yeah, yeah. I cramp at the best of times. I, and that's for alcohol. I, no, They're having I only a cracking started, time. I only started cramping after I had a, a major back issue. So I wonder if Maxie's got something else going on there with his physique. I mean, Australia, and we'll ask Mitch a bit later on, but Australia found new and inventive ways to hurt themselves this tournament <laughs> like never before. So Maxie off the back of the golf cart, Zampa smashing himself in the face with his <laughs> eyes shut, in the pool. There was another one, wasn't he? He did something in the gym. He was doing a deadlift or something like that and his he, back spasms. Mate, he, if he walked into the gym, he's going to pull his back out of his He has not got one muscle at all. <laughs> anyway, um, just a little stat as well. Since the last World Cup in England, South Africa, their record batting first in games, they're 18 and 6, 18 wins. When they bat second, 10 and 11. It's a losing record. Interesting stat. Interesting stat. But you reckon it's more to do with the past. You reckon that's relevant? 
I, I reckon it's relevant. It's how they deal with the, the days leading in, whether they put too much pressure on themselves, do they overtrain, do they overanalyze the uh, Australian team. They, they've done all their, their analytics. They, they know what Australia's got to offer. They've played them in 15 games leading in, so they should know what's going to happen. It's just relaxing this South African team so they don't use their energy and come d- game day, they're ready to play. Who wins? Australia. <laughs> Next, you're getting close to that door. <laughs> Australia, easy. I'll take the I'll take the microphone with me out the front. <laughs> the, the next segment, no. Uh, let's get to the the news that Meg Lanning has retired. She's uh, retiring from international cricket at the age of 31 after 13 years and 241 games for Australia. She retires as a seven-time World Cup winner, five of those as captain. Owns the women's uh, most women's ODI centuries with 15, most runs across all formats for Australia. The youngest Australian to score an international century at the age of 18 years has the highest average of 53 of any batter with uh, 1,500 runs or more and held the record for the fastest ODI turn of 45 balls against New Zealand until Maxi broke it last week. Wow. What a career. How do, how do you define Meg Lanning? Alyssa, you've known her for a very, very long time. Well, I think you could have... Kept going. I think you yeah. could have done a, a 15 minute rant about all the things, all the records that she owns. But oh, look, I think those statistics are what they are. I think she'll go down as as one of the greatest players that we've ever uh, we've ever seen in the women's game. But I think what stands out for me is her leadership capabilities and what she's been able to do since taking over the captaincy at such a young age, growing into the role and sort of developing the side that we've got now, the re- reworking the culture and how we wanted to play and, and making that her mm. big legacy and I think that's probably fairly underrated but for us that have played with her I think um, have seen the impact that she's had as a as a captain and just her resilience and her ruthlessness as captain with bat in hand is is something that I've never played alongside. So what type of captain is she for the players in the team? It, you mentioned that word ruthless but that I'm guessing <laughs> with when she has bat in hand and, and mine on the job but like what type of player captain relationship did she have with with a lot of was it different depending on the player or was it one style for for everyone um oh i think a little bit different i think i've known her a lot longer than you know some of the girls have just come into the team so i think there's a, a small difference there but she's quite literally that captain that dragged everybody along with her and i think you speak a lot about players that lead by example and they train the hardest and all that and that that was her but that's not how she led it was like i'm going to show you exactly how to do it. I'm going to go out there and show you my skills and and how we want to play. And if that's not what you want to do, then see you later. And I think her record chasing uh, in particular for Australian ODI cricket is something ridiculous. And I mm. think that exactly just um, for me showcases the sort of leader that she is that I'm going to win this game myself. And if you want to come along for the ride with me, then, then so be it. Yeah, there's two things for me. One is a toughness under pressure. Being a captain of a team that wins everything, it's hard to keep challenging your team to get better and better and challenge your style and and moving the game forward when no one else can keep up with you. So as a leader to do that, you you can go through seven World Cups, five as captain. But what I liked was she always challenged your style. You you weren't happy just to to win the World Cup. No, no, Mm. we want to win the World Cup, then we want to embarrass the next team. We want to get better and better. Yes, we've got to play a more of a power game. No worries. i just got 100 off 40 balls. <laughs> this is how we do it. Mm. And, and it's hard sometimes at, at the top. It, it looks on paper a, a beautiful career and it'll go down as probably one of the best, if not the best to ever play. But it's the way she kept challenging the group to to be great, not not just good. So that's what I'll miss. I'm, I'm disappointed a little bit not to see her play more. Like It's at age 31. Uh, I know she's had some issues and stepped away from the game, but 
I'm glad she's still playing in the Big Bash. It gives mm. kids the opportunity to to see greatness. That they'll see it each year now. You've seen it the other night where she batted right or recently batted right through and got was not out last game. She played after announcing the retirement. So I'd like to see her play selfishly more international cricket, but we get the opportunity and kids get the opportunity to watch how good she is in Big Bash. Speaking of kids, you met each other when you were kids. <laughs> yep. Well, those are early memories. Like was it a case of you were both obviously very, very good. Yep. Was it a case of, oh, I want to be better than her or you, you just got on straight away? No, it was always Elise Perry and I. I think that everyone was sort of looking at it and, and this might sound a little bit big-headed but it's not meant to be that way. But it, it was, there was always a talk about Pez and I and we were mm. always challenging one another and doing this in junior tournaments and making runs, taking wickets, whatever it was. And, and Meg was sort of always just there. She was there as mm. well. And then all of a sudden, obviously Pez debuted for Australia at a very young age, but all of a sudden in walks Meg Lanning. And I distinctly remember that debut. I opened the batting for Shreya that day and I could not hit him off the square. And <laughs> Meg just came out. And that's I think that's when she got the 100 off 40 odd balls. And it was like I was just watching somebody else just come in and just go, this is how you're supposed to do it, you idiot. <laughs> and um, and that's where it kind of like f- flicked for me. And I was like, well, we'll see you later. And I went back down the order and all of a sudden Meg Lanning's the captain of Australia. And I think that like, that transition for her as like, yes, a talented junior player, but her evolution as a cricketer, but also a leader at yeah. a young age. Yeah, really impressive. It, it reminds me a bit like Ricky Ponting. Ricky Ponting had this steel about him where everyone was like, whoa, yeah. like two <laughs> steps back from Ponting. You had to get to know him in the change room to say, mate, he, he's just a normal guy, understands the game better than most. He's a bit nerdy like in, in that way. I'm hoping now that we'll see that side of Meg. Mm. Like she'll relax a bit more. She'll get on the mic at, Big bash, we might see her in the commentary. And my gut feel is people will start to understand her more, the mindset when she's talking about the game. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you even saw it in the press conference. She got emotional. I've never seen her like that before. And probably Mm. most people around the world have never seen that side of her either, which is really cool. And, yeah, I hope she does stay involved in the game because even from a leadership perspective – she can sit down and unpack exactly what she's done and how she's done it. I don't think necessarily she's thought that much about it. She's yep. just sort of done it because that's what's natural to her. And I think if she unpacks that, how valuable would that be yep. right around the world, not just in sport but in mm. sort of the corporate world about this is how you, I don't know, re-evolve yep. Go about it. a sporting yeah. team and this is the culture that we set and it's been a really successful one. Have you – picked some things from her that you use in your leadership style or um, are you going to pick her <laughs> brains now about, yeah, help me? <laughs> yeah, she's always she's always helped, will be willing to help out. We're very, very different people and very different personalities, especially when it comes to leadership styles. So there's definitely some sort of middle ground I can find getting closer to her that's going to make <laughs> me a good leader. But for me, I just try and go out there, make sure everyone's enjoying themselves and, and play the best of their ability because that's the only way I know how to lead. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's get to our risers and fallers uh, quickly. Don't have any many fallers this week because there's two beauties when it comes to risers. And Hads, you picked this one out as well. Uh, Afghanistan's Ramanala Ragurbaz went and gave money to people in the street at 3am, went at the World Cup, just saw some – and it's it's everywhere over there in India. I can only imagine. I've never been to the joint, but you hear all these stories. But he just decided to, you know – get out in the streets and, and help some other people. It's remarkable. Oh, extraordinary. Uh, it can be quite confronting actually walking the streets of India and, and especially in, in certain parts where you see a lot of homeless, you, you see um, newborn babies sit, laying there on, on on the concrete. So it can be quite confronting. So to, to give up his own money, it, it's only a little thing, but that, that'll make a huge difference in, in someone's life. Absolutely. And the other one, I mean, this was remarkable. 
nothing short of remarkable from the weekend. And I, I think we need a, a segment, a regular segment, and I don't know whether to call it Village Idiots or Village Kings, and it's from Village Cricket, great cricket around the country as well. This guy's a Village King, absolutely. A man by the name of, uh, where is it, Gareth Morgan. Here he is, playing for Mudry Bar Narangan Districts Cricket Club. He's the captain of the thirds. They're in all sorts of crap against Surface Paradise, Mudry Bar all out 178, starting the final over, Surface Paradise, four for 174. Big G-Man steps up with the pill and takes six wickets. <laughs> you have a look at the scorecard, there's five golden ducks down the bottom. Have you ever seen anything like that, ever? Played in a game, seen a game? Every weekend. Where? You go watch the under-11s. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you'll see, you'll see some of the world's best collapses. Oh, my goodness. But this one, like in a yeah. third grade game, could you imagine, and, and third graders by reputation, they have the ability to go out of a night and enjoy themselves after a game of cricket, win, lose or draw. Can you imagine the hangover these boys woke up with? He hasn't been seen for a week. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't reckon we'll see him. They won't have a hangover third graders. <laughs> <laughs> they spend their life drunk. This bit, yeah. <laughs> So well done to uh, to Gareth. I think he's retained the captaincy for a while now. <laughs> he did say he said, "Look, a few of few of our other younger bowlers copped some stick early in the inning. So I thought I'll I'll take some responsibility here. And if we're going to lose the game, we're going to lose it on my terms with me as the bowler. So what a leader! That is good leadership. Absolutely. Maybe we should bring him, <laughs> 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 Gareth. If you're listening, uh, call in, reach out. What do you reckon we do? We do try and get someone people to just. The Willow Talk Instagram page, send us a DM about someone who's done something ridiculous or great in club cricket, park cricket, whatever, yeah, through the summer. Most extraordinary event that happened in club cricket, bush cricket, school yeah. cricket, because I, I tell you, I've watched the under-12s <laughs> pirates on the weekend and there's some extraordinary things that happen. There's some stories out there. Back in a sec with Mitch Stark. We're back with Willow Talk with a very special guest uh, all the way from India. Mitchell Stark joins us right now. Mitch, thanks for joining us. First of all, you wouldn't have heard anything so far, but thoughts on our um, a new addition here at uh, Willow Talk, the new intern, if you like. Yeah, just uh, double checking. Thanks for having me firstly, but um, checking if the name's changed yet now that it's just uh, adding keeper after keeper to the, the chat. It's it's the heels and head show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, careful, lads. Yeah, no, he, he kicked Adam me out of the door. Out. <laughs> no, no, I'm already out because I accused Hads of um, that, like putting the idea in his head that what advice would you give New Zealand? He went, he looked at me as if I was speaking uh, Swahili. Anyway, um, mate, how are things over there? A couple of days rest before a big semi final. It, it seems like the momentum is fully with this side. Is that what it feels like inside the camp? Yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly, uh, I, I guess, from where we started the campaign to where we, we sit now, we've taken a fair bit of momentum from that. We've had a lot of different contributors to, to success and, and found ways to win, certainly found ways in Mumbai to win when we probably shouldn't have. So, yeah, it's a good feeling amongst the group. We're now into into the, the pointy end of the campaign and I guess the somewhat of a, a, an exciting part is we haven't put the full game together yet. So hopefully that's... Uh, that's coming in the next two games and, and in a week's time we're sitting here talking about how well we finished the tournament. Starkey, yes, the Aussies pride themselves on tournament play. We, we started the tournament slow. We, we got our momentum going through the middle and, and it looks to me now you're ready for the perfect game. Yeah, hopefully that's the case. It's uh, it's certainly a, a kick up the backside after the first 
two two games of the tournament and um, not not where you want to sit in a in a World Cup is zero and two and and we know we you can't afford to lose too many games but it's been quite a quite an interesting tournament with different teams winning different games and and obviously conditions changing a fair bit in day night cricket over here in India with with some of the wickets being completely different under lights than they were through the day so um, the toss has been a big big part of that but yeah like you say we, we've sort of hit our straps towards the back end and, and hopefully that means you know a big game against South Africa where we, we can put a somewhat of a poor, perfect performance on the board and then and push for that in the final as well. Oh, hi Mitch nice to see you. Um, hi thanks. This yeah, is the first time we've FaceTimed throughout. Question for me we spoke a little bit before about power play wickets but where do you think you need to play really well to ensure that you get a win against South Africa? Is it trying to take wickets with the new ball? Is it squeezing through the middle? Or is it making 450 with the bat or all of the above? Yeah, look, all of the above would be nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think, it, like I said before, the, the wickets have been so different. I think you know, the, the toss isn't isn't be all and end all, but you know, if you win the toss and, and bat first, particularly the back half of this tournament, the, the wickets have been... I think Luke the other night in in Pune, the, the wicket was really slow um, through the first half of the game, while while the sun was out in the morning, and then didn't really change for the day because it was a day game. But all the day night games, you look at Mumbai, look at all the power play stats in the in the second half. The teams have been four for fifty, five for fifty, but in in the afternoon in Mumbai, you know, four hundreds a pass score. So we haven't played yet here in, in Calcutta through the tournament, but we've seen some of the games on on. Uh, on the TV and then some of the, the stats, I guess, based around it. So we'll have a look this evening when we get there to, to Calcutta. But um, that's potentially the case again is it's it's batting conditions in the afternoon and then swings and nips with the new ball in the afternoon. So the toss has been playing a, a, a big, big role in, in some of the results and, and some of the, I guess, stats if you like. But, yeah, we can certainly be better with the new ball and the power play. And I think some of our games with the bat, our, our top order has been phenomenal with you know, Davey, What's his, uh, probably our leading run scorer, Mitchie Marsh, the other night was fantastic. Um, we know what Trav Head can do and, and Maxi, um, when he's on, he's, he's um, something incredible to watch, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he's all right. <laughs> so then follow up to that, then how, how mentally do you respond to South Africa winning the toss and electing to bat first? How then do you guys go, well, we know that's not the ideal result for us? But we we got to find a way to get the job done. So how does the batting group respond? I think first the bowling group have to respond to that. You know, we obviously haven't taken as many power play wickets as we would have hoped to through the tournament. Um, we we found ourselves bowling first on on slow flat wickets a fair bit uh, in the tournament. So yeah, whether it's um, you know a, a little bit of a different mindset at times uh, with, with how the wickets responding, maybe it's uh, looking a little bit at, at run rates as opposed to. Um, all-out attack. Certainly, we you know power play wickets are gonna gonna help that, but potentially it's it's back ended. Or, or you look at the way Zams has bowled through the tournament; he's been been awesome for us with the ball. So, yeah, first it's with the ball to you know whether it's a pass score or, or below par, and then uh, I think the way our batting unit's gone about it, particularly at the top, that new ball seems to be the, the easiest time to bat. So they're as destructive as anyone in the world, and and yeah, certainly some of the scores we've put on predominantly. Batting first, but but sometimes batting second. They've been been really, really, uh, I guess, consistent and getting some good starts for us. 
Just shifting away from the cricket um, momentarily, and we'll get back to it. But firstly, uh, where's the Stuart Law Damien Fleming 1996 goatee gone? It's um, it, it, it appeared at one point, and now it's gone again. It's gone the full facial uh, facial hair experiment. What's happening? Looking for some answers. Uh, wasn't working for me, so it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. You don't want to bring the Mitch Johnson just full on mo out. Like that, that could work. Work work for Mitch ten years ago. I'm not that grumpy. <laughs> That's a good point, Starkey. I just want to go back to the cricket a bit oh, before. I want Adam, to get the golf, mate. He's yeah, going to okay. take you in the mud. He's going to, <laughs> I, I want to get you back to the cricket. Oh, to me, it's a pretty. Oh, actually, special... I want to touch on that. Who who was the one who brought up who who's decided to call it the Jesse Ryder Cup? Thank you. I said that last time I was on this yeah. podcast. I was like, where's the Jesse Ryder Cup come from? Producer Sam. That's he's got that written on the rundown. We thought so that was you. It's not called that. Baggy Green Cup. Baggy Green Cup. I'm glad I was confused in that moment because I had no idea what you were speaking about. It's, it's not called the Glenn Maxwell Pickle Juice Cup now <laughs> after what he did after, knocked himself out, came back and did what he did. It's, it's nothing to do with Maxie anymore. He, he was our skipper, so we were poorly led. <laughs> That's what? a poor captain choice. I know what he's doing next time he plays. No, well, we had golf. to go two lowest handicaps with the two captains, so Warner and Maxwell. Um, okay. And then day two, we I was not Maxie's team because it was schoolyard picks. So, oh, who was yeah. the fat kid that got picked last? <laughs> yeah. Our, our analyst, actually, Tom Bowie, who's, who's last. Um, <laughs> That's normally loves we his golf. We had uh, Kez, Kez was in there. I had Kez on my team, but and Ingo was, was with the family, so he was still in Damasala. But yeah, Maxi was, was our skipper and, and obviously slipped off the back of the cart. So we were poorly led on day two, and I think that was our demise. Yeah, fair enough. Well, he's playing in a helmet next time he plays that tournament, isn't he? So I think Hads brought that up the other day. Sitting in the front seat. Before Hads can jump in with his cricket question, because this is a cricket podcast, who would you say at this stage has been the best tourist this World Cup? Because it has been a long campaign. You, you've got to keep things light and interesting. Best tourist? That's a good question. Got a good group. Um, I was just spent a bit of time on the bench the other night with, with Alex Kerry. He's been, um, he's been Mr. Consistent. He's been the captain on the side. Um, I think he steadied the ship <laughs> off the field. So there's something in that with the keepers, I think. But um, mm. We're good fun. Yeah. My best <laughs> World Cup, my best ever World Cup yeah. was 2007 where I didn't play a game. <laughs> Me oh. too, 2013 in India. How good didn't a time. play a game then either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 secret, Mitch. Yeah. Don't play. <laughs> was anyone better Starkey than um, Mitch Marsh and Paddy? During the 2015 World Cup, that they were as good as tourists and oh. selector George Bailey. Was anyone been better than those three? <laughs> I think they had more fun than we did. Yep. So you knocked McCullum over, um, then it was like a party for the whole country. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Didn't really know what to do, did we? It's been a really busy trip, I guess. We we had our would we count about our 15th flight of the World Cup last night. So it's been it's been a a good group to be a part of, pretty chilled. Guys have played golf when they could. We walked down the road or around the corner the other day in Pune to a, um, an Aussie-run Aussie cafe, which was was a nice touch to have breakfast outside the hotel. And, and I think Mitchie Marsh was the one who found that. So, yeah, it, it's not been um, – I mean, it certainly wasn't anything like the 2015 World Cup where we had weeks off between games and, and went to wineries and – and the rest of it, but uh, yeah, yeah we it's been. A, it's been a... I've got the full experience. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you were at that winery. What are you talking about? <laughs> but uh, no, it's been a solid group off on and off the field, and yeah, we're hitting the pointy end. And and I think the the credit to the how, how close the group are, but how much how 
how we're gelling together is how uh, there's there's not been any blow-ups per se through the, the group or any, um, you know, quiet times off the field as well. So everyone's ready to go for the pointy end and, and to finish strong. Starkey, I know you don't like missing games, but I, I tell you what, it was a nice touch the other day. We know how much Sean Abbott looks up to you three quicks. You, you've, you've looked after him through his, his whole career. So he's been on the bench a long time. He's watched you guys play. It, it was a good moment to, to give him a go in a World Cup though. Yeah, I think he's he's probably earned that too. Like you say, he's um, he's been there or thereabouts for a long time. He's put some really good domestic numbers on the board and he's been – I mean, he debuted for a – for this one-day team yeah. years ago. And I was on that tour in, in the UAE when he did that. So, um, yeah, I, I think if, if I had to step aside for, for anyone, I'm glad Shawnee got his chance and, and got to make his World Cup debut, got a couple of wickets. Once I finished arguing with George, uh, I sent Sabra a message <laughs> and said, make sure you pay attention in this bowling meeting. So, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, no, I wonder was, when uh, the truth comes out here that how happy he was about being rested. Well, there you go. He's answered it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what the worst time is when a fast bowler gets – and I've seen Starkey do it a number of times, and you look at the net when you're about to go – I've seen it at a boxing day. When you're about to go in the net and, and you say, which quick's not playing? They go, that one. You go, all right, I'm going to net one. <laughs> I'm staying away. That that surely was the worst one, though, when it's a boxing day. I remember that. Oh. And like it, <laughs> Which one? There was like yeah. six of them. Oh, far out. <laughs> Don't far start. Out. <laughs> <laughs> so the next couple of days, is, is there much strategizing that goes on before um, a World Cup semifinal against an opponent that you've played about 100 games against in the last three months, it feels like? It, it, or is it, you know – we know what we need to do. We just want to get out there and, and do it. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. There's, um, like you say, we've played a, a fair bit of cricket against them in the last two months. Cricket's been on TV every day this this World Cup as well. So we sort of know, both teams are going to know what, what, what they're trying to do, what the matchups are going to be. I guess a little bit of it comes down to conditions. We haven't played up here in, in Calcutta yet. Uh, we can probably take a little bit from, from the South African game they did play here, although they did. They didn't chase, I think, so um, that's one thing. But um, no doubt the batters will hit for 45 hours this week and, and get ready for that game that way. <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's today's an optional night session, so that's, it's a chance to, to see how it is under lights. Uh, and then tomorrow is an afternoon session where it'll be a bit more full, full combat and then day off before the game where the batters again will probably hit for 45 hours and then away we go for a semi-final. So it's... Um, at this stage of a tournament, it's it's very individualised. It's get what you need and and get yourself in the best position to to be ready to go for Wednesday. <laughs> it's the game that we play. Thursday. Thursday. You're playing Thursday, yeah. Mitch. I don't know if you want to rock up on Wednesday and think you're playing, but you're playing Thursday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Ah, Thursday. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Saki, there'll, yeah, there'll be a lot of talk, obviously, that the analytics, yeah, you'll be well prepared. Both teams will be well prepared. So that sort of evens itself out. Is there going to be any talk about South Africa's record in finals? That This is foreign to them. We've seen on for, for 20 years that they've, they've come up short in in these sort of events. Who, who's going to be the first to walk past the clock? Will it be Warner? Will it be Smith? Will it be Marnus to say, this is foreign ground. Do you want us to talk you through what happens in a semi? <laughs> No doubt it'd be We've you got if him. you walked out yeah. the field, Bradley. I'd have reminded him. The dollar one would be David Water. He'd be wearing a sandwich question. board with a sign that says, you blokes are chokers when he walks out of the pitch. That's what he'd do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on, Mitch. No, you, you're spot on. It's um, If it's going to be anyone, it's probably probably him. But um, 
yeah, I don't, I don't know. Do they need reminding? They probably know about it. So yeah, um, true. they're probably in their own heads. We don't have to really mention it too much. I think it was already mentioned a couple of nights ago from from AB to Villiers about it, how it's a, it's a different group and they don't think about it. So they've already got people in South Africa thinking about it. <laughs> Great point. Great point. Anything else we want to bring up before we let this man go and have his morning Manus coffee? Or is it is that how you're dealing with things early on or you, you avoid him in the morning? Uh, I can make my own, but he seems to have let that coffee machine go now that he's brought his own little portable one and kept that in his room. So the oh, okay. the team coffee machine's gone to the gone to the pits now with, with Manus not paying attention to that one. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we also sort of have to look after that one ourselves while he's got his little coffee crew that go to his room in the morning. Isn't that nice? <laughs> Last question. Do you um, – the other semifinal, just so you know, is on Wednesday night. Um, Wednesday night our time, Wednesday for you. Maybe um, that's where I got mixed up. Who knows? <laughs> do you watch it? Are you gonna Are you going to watch it and sort of have a little look or do you just not worry about it whatsoever? Uh, I think – We'll probably all have one eye on it. Uh, I'm not the best cricket watcher. If I was um, if I was at home, no doubt I'd be watching it because you'd have it on. So um, <laughs> 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 no, I think it, it's um, uh, different circumstances in in uh, in a bubble in the the T20 World Cup in the UAE. But we all sort of watched that one um, pretty closely in uh, in the hotel room together. So. Yeah, no doubt there'll be, be groups of guys watching it either together. There'll be guys, you know what, I, I will tell you, we'll probably have four of us playing Call of Duty with cricket on in the background. So that'll probably be how we, how we watch it and watch it in between between uh, PlayStation fixtures. But um, you take what you, what you want out of those watching other semifinals. We know what, once it's done, we know who we're facing and we've played both teams before. So, um, yeah, I think it's a World Cup. So you, you, you generally see a bit of, of uh, the other semi-final when you're, you're playing in, in our one, I guess. A simple no would have sufficed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll end up watching it. Look, I was, I was waiting for you guys last night. And I, <laughs> I ended up watching the end of the Indian-Netherlands game. So There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought the question was going to be, have you paid the council rates or do you want me to or something like that? But anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that for you guys to sort out. Mitch, thanks so much for joining us on Willow Talk, mate. Go well in the semi-final. We will be watching down here, even though you're not the <laughs> Cricket Watcher, we are, and um, hope you pump them, mate. Good luck. Thanks, team. Thanks for having me. I'm going to go back to sleep now. Cool. Enjoy <laughs> that. <Go> well. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be back on Thursday morning recapping the first semi-final between India and New Zealand, even though Mitch didn't know what day they're playing. So Thursday morning after the Wednesday night game, the first semi-final, and then same again on Friday morning after Australia-South Africa semi-final, and then Monday morning recapping the World Cup final, hopefully an epic between Australia and India, but we'll see what we end up with. And, of course, around that, the, uh, the longer versions of Glow Talk as well. So you two keepers. Thank you very much for that. We'll Thank see you soon. Thanks for Thank coming you. today, Adam. No, no worries. Anytime. It was great to have you here. Yeah. <laughs> it's great to be here. That was Willow Talk. Have a good one, everyone.